You know, you've kind of warmed my cold heart on this film a slight bit by giving a few little sentiments about it to begin with. So like therefore, the Grinch when his heart just gets slightly bigger. <laughs> just the tiniest bit bigger. <laughs> and like we're not talking like five times or ten times. We're talking like 0.25 times, mm. uh, which is actually a decrease in <laughs> uh, size. So, <laughs> no, as far as... <laughs> Welcome back to Cinevibes. We have an amazing episode for you today because we're going to be telling you all the things wrong with this certain movie. And it's a little bit different than most of our reviews have been so far, so we hope you enjoy. And you might be asking, unless you saw the title of course, what movie would they be tearing apart like this? And it's none other than Army of the Dead by the beloved Zack Snyder, who gets to redeem himself every movie, and people keep coming back. We know this because Army of the Dead has made it into the top ten of all-time Netflix stream films. We know this because he has made other films that people turn out in droves to watch. Oh, yeah. And right off the bat, if you haven't seen it, it's an hour and a half too long. And if you have seen it, you already know that. Mm-hmm. So, without further ado, we'll jump into our review of Army of the Dead. Ken, thoughts? <laughs> That's a loaded question. You ever watched a movie and questioned your entire life and existence on how you got to that point and why you're sitting there at that moment and wishing you were not in that specific <laughs> moment in your life watching whatever you're watching? That was me in every single scene of this film. Mm. Yes, I've had that feeling in the best way possible and the worst way possible. And this leans towards the latter. Yes. <laughs> no, this film, guys, buckle up. This is going to be a fun, fun ride. I thoroughly dislike this film. And it's not just because I'm not a fan of the horror genre. Although I would watch films that are good in the horror genre, this does not fit that model. This is a film that just the writing is... Mm, I questioned everything about this film and every decision that was made. And you want to talk about seeing things coming in a story... I don't think that's more evident than right here. I think I saw every single thing that was going to happen before they even were a thought. Yeah. Because I knew exactly how this film was going to go. You know, you have films which are slow and take it easy and allow the viewer to make connections. There were no there was no need for that here. I knew what the next scene was going to be. Yeah, I I want to start off by saying 
This is not a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. That's out there somewhere. Oh, wow. I don't know why. I think it's because of Zack Snyder's connection to that. But this is a whole other thing. I will give it credit initially before destroying it because I think okay. that's You're a bigger man than I am. the appropriate way to go, in my opinion. But it introduces some interesting ideas mm-hmm. about the way zombies are portrayed in film. Mm-hmm. There are some things, and just like Ken, I am not a huge horror film buff. I do not watch all the zombie movies. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a few, and there are some interesting things like how these zombies have tears mm-hmm. and how they aren't all the same. Mm-hmm. And also how the upper tier kind of hunts more like a pack and has a little bit higher intelligence, which also there are plot holes around that as well. So one wow. good for one bad in this case. But I do think that it tries to do some interesting things mm-hmm. and there are entertaining moments. The movie has a lot of spectacle type elements mm-hmm. and despite them not being strung together in a logical way and the dialogue being atrocious <laughs> I will credit those points and that's where my rating at the end will come in but my review on Letterbox, right after I watched this says there's so many plot holes it's impossible not to fall in one Yes, because It's just, I mean, it's an action movie, you know, Mm -hmm. like plot holes. You look at Transformers or, you know, whatever big movie you want to call out, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. There's plot holes, but you don't care in those movies because they're entertaining. You're sucked in enough that it's like, oh, wow, huh, that was a plot hole. This one you're like, oh, yeah, that's a plot hole as you're watching it. Oh, yeah. And that's not a good feeling. That's not what you want. As a filmmaker myself, if someone told me that, that would be more crushing than them saying they hated the movie. Because mm-hmm. then they just, they caught something that they shouldn't yeah. be looking for because they were so uninterested. Before we continue with Army of the Dead, here's what's going on in the news this week. After long last, we finally have some more information on Dune. Dune will now be premiering at the Venice Film Festival on September 3rd and will have a worldwide release on October 1st, which will be a hybrid release where it will be available on HBO Max for 31 days and also it will be in theaters. This hybrid release was a very hot topic for the producing company of Legendary, which stated that releasing it on HBO Max would ruin the experience for the rest of the film and the audience. Also in the news, Bullet Train finally has a release date set of April 8th, 2022. Bullet Train is a film with a star-studded cast, Brad Pitt, Zazie Beetz, Joey King, Sandra Bullock, Michael Shannon, the list goes on and on. This film is directed by David Light, and the logline is five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. With that being said, let's get back to Army of the Dead. I don't know how we want to get going on this. 
let's maybe start with the characters, the mm-hmm. story, dialogue, things like that, and go from there. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you've kind of warmed my cold heart on this film a slight bit by giving a few little sentiments about it to begin with. So <laughs> like therefore, the Grinch when his heart just gets slightly <laughs> bigger. Just the tiniest bit bigger. <laughs> and like we're not talking like five times or ten times. We're talking like 0.25 times, mm. uh, which is actually a decrease in <laughs> uh, size. So <laughs> no, as far as <laughs> as far as acting goes, I gotta say as far as melodrama goes and playing small stakes huge, this cast did fantastic. Like the smallest things and playing it very truthfully and finding it, it, there was never a time where I thought that these characters were not serious about what they were talking about. I will say that as far as their character development, that's where the plot starts to break everything down. Mm-hmm. It's the plot throughout this entire thing is just like a corrosive acid under the surface of a beautiful looking film. I swear this film is beautiful. Aesthetically, it is so pleasing. I was like, this is amazing. This A lot of these shots could be standalone stills that you could place on your wall as a poster. A lot of these shots, really fantastic cinematography. But when you look and listen to the plot, it just, and also, as you mentioned, the dialogue, my God. So the acting, fantastic. The cast did a really good job. Of course, it's led by Batista. And there were moments where I was kind of looking at Batista like, okay. You got some chops. I like this. You know, Bautista uh, has been doing a lot of work recently. And Mm -hmm. honestly, he's doing a good job. You know, it's not like he's blowing a lot of people's socks off, but he's doing a really good job. And the rest of the cast also did a really good job. Ella Purnell did a fantastic job. One of her performance in this, I thought was really good. Uh, she played it really well, and the rest of the cast. Let's point out that it's good given the material they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, none of these performances are going to leave you, like, looking them up on IMDb later. Yeah. But making the best of a bad situation, if you will, they mm-hmm. really did as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you know, they probably had a blast making this movie. I'm sure yeah. it's fun being on set, big set pieces, zombies, guns, explosions. Like, you know, they probably got paid well also. So mm-hmm. from their perspective, great. Like, yeah, didn't have any real issues there. I thought one interesting thing was that the helicopter pilot, Marianne Peters, mm-hmm. played by T. Natero, she was recast. She was originally Chris Delia, but then that stuff came out, you know, about whatever with him. And, uh, you know, they recast because, you know, controversy escaped that. Mm-hmm. And her whole performance was shot on a green screen after oh, wow. the rest of the movie. Yeah. And when you see the movie, 
you'll realize how impressive that is because she's actually pretty integrated into the story. It's not like one scene and she's out. Like she's in it throughout and you see her face mixed with the other cast. And so it's just really interesting that they were able to do that. And also, you know, her, she's playing against no one, I assume. Maybe someone reading lines to her, but for her to even have a semblance of emotion resonate mm-hmm. it kind of makes me think about movies like the hobbit where they're just on these big green screens and it's like to make any of that work is difficult you're mm-hmm. playing against nothing you all you have is markers and like sticks saying this is where someone's head is or sight lines eye lines things like that mm-hmm. and so i wanted to point out specifically that for what it is uh she did pretty good job and yeah I have similar thoughts on the majority of the cast as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that I liked her portrayal of the character. I thought it was really good. I liked her character, honestly. It was a nice little change of pace. Uh, it's just like, of, of course, she is this type of character saying these types of lines. It mm-hmm. just, you know, exactly what kind of character they're trying to make her out to be. Yeah. And yeah, I. I've already said my praises about how they were given lines and they were given direction and they took those directions and lines and did the best they could with what they had. So I don't have any fault with any of the actors in this film where I do have fault is in that direction that they're given in many of the times in the film, I was just taken out of the story because of, the shift in the character. So Lily, the coyote is one of those where I was, it made no sense to me at all. One of the shifts she had early on in the film. And it was from this very mystique, mystique type. Oh, she's the coyote. She gets anybody into there. And she's like made out to be this deadly, you know, woman that is not to be messed with. Right. Mm -hmm. She gets woken up. And she points a gun immediately at the person that woke her up, at at the group of people that woke her up to take them inside. And when she's confronted later by Kate Ward, Ella Purnell's character, she she gets slapped and then instantly is like a little girl. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Oh, no. (laughs) Like that. That's literally how she was. I I had no idea. A complete shift. It was a complete. 180 and that's not the only case where this happened at all there was another case with matthias schweikhofer who his character does the same thing he's made up to be this like bumbling german genius of safe cracking and then later in the film he has a complete shift where he goes off on batista and amari hardwick's character about hey i need you to be quiet and then he, he even tells Bautista, you, Mr. Sausage Fingers, I need you to keep it down. And he's looking at Bautista, who is <laughs> twice his size. And I'm like, listen, man, you were afraid of a gun just like 30 minutes ago in the film. Not even 30 minutes ago. A solid five minutes ago, you were afraid of zombies and you got your first kill. And now he's over here acting like a like bossing everybody around. I was like, so character development, many flaws in this and... I think it's just from direction because if it was an actor, an actor would 
know that their character would not say that. <laughs> like he would Man. not blow up at this whole group of people who are just murderers, not murderers, but they kill zombies. Like, like that guy, that safe crackers heroic moment would be the safe when he pushes a guy in mm-hmm. and then gets ravaged. Like that's his character arc. Yeah. He doesn't need to have a big moment before that. We mm-hmm. don't really care about him before that because mm-hmm. he's a minor character. Yeah. But if you want to give him a cool moment, like that was his moment. He didn't need to like try and shut down the team because he's the hot shot safe cracker that can't even hardly speak. Yeah. So yeah. that those were two very, very sore moments for me as far as character and directing. Uh, so I think that just comes from directing and how the director wanted it to uh, sound in that sort of scene. Right. And then just there were many other scenes that were just, it, it was extremely contrived that the plot was trying to get us to make, get us to feel for these characters. Yes. And in case we need to say it, there will be spoilers, but the movie was spoiled from the beginning. Yes. It was destined to be spoiled. And mm-hmm. so in case you haven't seen it and you're looking at Rotten Tomatoes and you see, oh, there's 68% certified fresh. What's this all about? Mm-hmm. Got an audience score of 75% and you're like, okay, these guys are kind of talking crazy. Yeah, I'm thoroughly convinced, at least our audience, they're going to watch this movie and be like, how on earth did someone give this over a five? Yeah. But. Maybe we missed something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it needs to be watched twice, which I will not do. Mm-hmm. It's two and a half hours long for a two zombie a action movie. I'm thinking an hour 50 tops. Yes. And to talk about how this story is paced while we're on the topic, mm-hmm. they're on a deadline of 96 hours to... Go into Las Vegas, take some money out of a safe, and get out before a nuke explodes and kills all the zombies. Yep. Cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. Dave Bautista's character is approached within the first few minutes after the title sequence and asked, can you go into Las Vegas and get money out of my safe? Listen to this. The guy that approaches him out of my safe and... Bring it back to me and you get your share, 50 million, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And here's the blueprints. Figure out how to get in. First off, it's the guy's safe. How does yeah. he not have the code to that safe? Why is it mm-hmm. such a fiasco to get into it? You don't even need the safe cracker. It's your safe. Tell him what the code is. Go get the <laughs> money. So already that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But if you forget about that and look aside, you got 96 hours. But then the guy says, go home and sleep on it. 96 hours until a nuke is going to hit. And you're going to tell mm-hmm. the guy to go to get a good eight hours sleep before he decides. <laughs> like, it is in the moment that the whole pacing is off in this movie. It doesn't feel rushed. It feels like they're just strolling. The amount of times they're just sitting there having a circled chat, smoking oh, yeah. cigarettes. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. They've got, at one point after they get into the safe, mere moments. It seems mm-hmm. like they talk about 30 minutes to get out of there. Yeah. You're having a heartfelt conversation about something at the end of a hallway. No rush at all. No one's got a clock going. No one's like, hey, let's get going. It's like 
you wanted to make a movie this long and you didn't want it to feel urgent. You didn't want it to feel like getting higher intensity. Like mm-hmm. any good movie that has a timer would do that. Like that's yeah. the point. Get your blood rushing. And you're like, oh, shoot, are they going to make it? You mm-hmm. maybe think they will, but in this case, you don't even care. Yeah. Like let them all die. <laughs> yeah. And I completely echo your thoughts. There are many times this film, as I was watching it, I don't know why, but the word contrived just came to my mind every single time mm. because top notch content. It's every time there was that heartfelt moment, it just stopped the entire film for me. It, tr- it took me out of the film. I was like, why are we having this conversation? Why is this happening? Why? Are we not focused on the task at hand? And it just seemed like it was push. It was trying so hard to push me to like these characters and to actually care about them and enjoy their life and wishing they were to stay alive. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest critiques with this film is the fact that it is so contrived to make you care about these characters mere moments before they die. Yeah, it it they don't even hide the fact. It just, there is another moment where you're talking about them having a heartfelt conversation. It's Dave Bautista and uh, his love interest, Maria Cruz, Ana de la Reguera. They're having this conversation. For some reason, it just stops. They get the safe open. They're getting the money, all this sort of stuff. And then they have this conversation of... You know, back she stops him immediately, and she's a she was a very very you know easygoing character before that. She's so happy, and then she stops and gets mad all of a sudden at Dave <laughs> Batista, and is like, you know, you went away, and I really wanted to have a life with you. I really thought we had something special, and um, she's like, you think I'm here for the money? No, I'm here for you. And the whole entire time, I'm like, okay, um. That's that's good. Why didn't you start with that at the beginning of the film? Why was that not more evident throughout the entire film? Right. Uh, why is it now just being brought to the forefront that she's upset that she has this whole history that she doesn't like the guy because she ran away but mm-hmm. wanted to be with him? You know what I mean? Or put a pin in it. Like, let's get out of Vegas before we get exploded into nothingness and then we can have this conversation. Yeah. And then... uh. Moments after that, Trey has already warned you that there's going to be spoilers. This is one of those spoilers that I think you probably wouldn't enjoy to have spoiled, but because for me it was pretty shocking, uh, and this is one of the biggest critiques I have for this film, is the fact that right when they're about to leave and go for the elevator for Dave to find his daughter, Maria Cruz, the character, she goes and says, no, I want to go with you. Because I want to be there with you, and she touches his face all mm-hmm. sensually and says, "I, because I want to be with you." And then the elevator, fine. they're good now. Mm-hmm. Gonna go out tag team this thing. Yeah, and then the elevator opens, and out comes a zombie, snaps her neck immediately. Very, very graphic. Uh, <laughs> it's startling. It's absolutely terrifying, honestly, and. As soon as that happened, I was like, all right, this movie's lost me completely. Let's point out that until this point, and even after this point, a zombie never snaps anyone else's neck. Mm -hmm. They bite jugulars, bite arms, but 
for some reason, this zombie is a neck snapper. Yes. And if they wanted to have a moment and wanted you to feel like connected and like feel his loss, mm-hmm. have her get bit. Because mm-hmm. now we know she's going to die, even if she's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. And that's more moving than an immediate neck snap. She's gone. Yep. That's yep. just my opinion. Oh, but- I, I highly agree with you. But here's the thing. They had like three or four of those moments throughout this entire film. Yeah. <laughs> at least. It, so many times there's someone who gets bit and then there's the realization, oh, they're going to turn... So you might as well shoot them now or, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy their last few moments before you do have to shoot them. They had that many times before this and these self-sacrifices and such as one by one they start to die. And this film, it just really messed with your emotions and the fact that it would make you at least try and act like the character is going to be around for a while and that you like them and want to see them continue in the story. And then... No, they die immediately right after. Yeah. And and there are so many comical characters that are just they are the they're not even they're they're like representations of uh what is the word I'm looking for? Caricatures. They're mm. they're caricatures of a certain type of person. Like, you know, you would have the high school bully and the jock yeah. and the emo kid. It's you very know. like specific you know they're gonna put these types of characters in there there's nothing unique about most of them they fall right in the categories that you've seen time and time again mm-hmm. it just I mean again it's not their faults but there's nothing that stands out as interesting or unique to this story in terms of the characters, other than the zombies, in my opinion, yeah. which, you know, zombies are zombies. And I, I would argue that it's hard to mess those up unless you just do something crazy and yeah. outside the box and maybe someone doesn't like that. But, you know, there's a character that, you know, he's shady from the beginning. His name's Martin. Mm-hmm. He's assigned by the billionaire do to like protect them or like be with them as they go to the safe. So you're like, oh, this guy's already shady from the beginning. Yep. Of course he turns on them. They fall for it more than once, might I add. Mm-hmm. More than twice, might I add. Yes. And there's like ten of them and one of him just kill the guy. Yeah. Like And they even talk about that. Yeah. They even talk about that in the film. But yet they wait for him to sabotage two of the characters and let them die Mm -hmm. and he actually technically gets away from them he ends up getting mauled by a tiger which is quite excessive and yeah shouldn't have even happened because he said i'm going to the roof to kill the lady flying the helicopter and then he walks outside on the street (laughs) yeah so it's like okay i mean you forget those kind of plot holes if it happens and 30 minutes later he's on the street. He says that the next scene, a minute later he's on the street. <laughs> yeah. You can't ignore it when it's that close. It's like you just oh, can't compute. Computer no. error. <laughs> error, error. <laughs> like, the- I don't know. We're being really meticulous 
and we know that, but it's just comical how much yeah. it can be avoided, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, all oh, that can be avoided, especially when you have, I think this is the highest budgeted Netflix movie ever. Yeah. And I talked with Trey before this, and I just mentioned it offhandedly, but I... You know, this goes with what Trey was saying in the beginning. People turn out for a Zack Snyder film because it says Zack Snyder in the beginning and it has his name plastered all over it. And we know he has a long history with super superhero films. Yeah. So he has a big name in the industry. So people are going to turn out for anything. I'm fairly certain at this point, Zack Snyder has carte blank for everything he wants to do. Yeah. Because this was a 700 or no, 70 million dollar film. Yep. High this is the highest budgeted film Netflix has ever produced. And this is what we get. And this is what we get. We get a story that makes me contemplate life and why I even got out of bed the, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I brought this up in a group conversation with some movie people but the top 10 Netflix movies in terms of streams, eight of them are action movies just like this. Not zombie movies, but big action movies. No plot hardly. In my opinion, I would call these background movies. You throw them on, yeah. you cook dinner, you catch a few of the scenes, Netflix gets their view count, whatever. I, I don't understand Maybe you guys can help us. Why is everyone watching these? What is the draw? We watched it because we knew or thought we knew what we were getting into. Yeah. Got a little bit of a surprise, I might say, but I don't know. Like, I haven't seen any of these other movies that are the top streamers because it's like, oh, Extraction. I've seen yeah. that movie before. Not just once, but probably 12 times. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps happening. And, I think it feels like laziness. Yeah. Like you just want to have something that molds you to sleep that you don't need to really focus on. That doesn't grab at your heartstrings. It doesn't make you think, hmm, uh, what would it be like if I had 30 days to find a wife or I get killed in a movie like The Lobster? Mm-hmm. And like something interesting. People are like, eh, let's watch zombies. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, And a good zombie movie is amazing. Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead, as I mentioned, is a really yeah. good zombie movie. It's smart. There's there's plot holes, but you feel the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. You don't really with this one. Yeah. This film, when I was watching it, I, I completely agree with you. This film, if you enjoy... Gore, guns, <laughs> extremely fit people, and zombies. And a soft focus around the edge the whole time. And a beautifully shot film. Then this is a movie for you. If you enjoy solid movies with good plots, really solid characters, and good development throughout the entire film, good pacing, good length, all of that sort of stuff, this is definitely not the movie for you. Yeah. So perhaps you're listening and you haven't watched. You're welcome. 
We just yeah. saved you some time. And maybe you're going to go watch just because we destroyed it. And you're like, they can't be serious. <laughs> and we apologize that you're going to waste two hours of your life. Yeah. But having said all of that, I think it's time to go to ratings. Ken, mm. I'm excited to hear what yours is. First, <laughs> give me your final thoughts. What are you left with? What can we learn from this? Something positive, whatever you got, and then that rating. All right. So I will kick it off with something, what I enjoyed about the film. I enjoyed the way it looked. Aesthetically, this was a very beautiful film. I'm a big fan of Boca, and so is Zack Snyder. It's a beautiful film. No doubt about it. So that's my redeeming quality for it. And then also some of the performances here, although they were directed kind of off the beaten path and, you know, I think some of the acting was really good. Uh, Most of the actors did a really good job. Uh, But that's where most of my redeeming quality stopped. (laughs) And by most, I mean all. (laughs) This film, I disliked it thoroughly. I very, very much did not like this uh, and did not want to finish it, honestly. I was, you talked about how it went on for way too long. I noticed that at like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was, I knew it was going to be way too long. I kept looking at the, because you can see in Netflix how long it's going to be until it's finished. And I just kept seeing an hour there. And I, I just was like, you know what? I'll finish this in a bit so I turned it off and I went about my day and I turned it back on watched about five to ten minutes of it was sick of it again looked at the counter 50 minutes to go Mm. rough Uh, turned it off again came back to it a little bit later watched another 10 minutes felt sick (laughs) and I was like I gotta finish this at some point so I finished it uh, but I was not happy to do so Uh, and with those sentiments and the story just being absolutely atrocious and really manipulating people's emotions in the worst way possible. Uh, this film gets a solid two from me. Mm. Two out of ten. As a lowest score presented yet on oh, it, yeah. <laughs> movie reviews on the Cinevibes. That's not the award that you want to win, but it is an Let award. me tell you, it's well-deserved. <laughs> You earned the medal, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I was disappointed. I thought, I hoped that there would be something a little more fun about it. Yeah. Maybe in the way that uh, James Gunn would do something. Like if he made a three-hour movie, I would probably be pretty enticed, even if it was an action movie. But... It just there's so many marks that were missed here that it's hard to and like yourself I had to watch in multiple sittings I actually fell asleep watching it the first time <laughs> and picked it back up the next day and finished it but yeah 30 minutes or so I remember checking the clock I was like I mean with where we're at in the story I mean, like, we're at the climax, right? Yeah, like, we're coming down. Like, got to, it's going to be a 45-minute movie. Uh-uh. And it, it's hard to understand how a movie like this gets greenlit by so many people. Everyone has to. I mean, you don't just casually make this movie. I guess 
they know their audience better than we do because people watched it. They, yeah. however, Netflix decides how much you get paid. I guess they made their money back, but yeah, I have a tough time really saying anything else beyond that. There were moments that were a spectacle. There were moments where the CGI was pretty solid, and there were times where it's like, eh, you know, yeah, that looks like a Netflix CGI movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting the way they decided to do the lens, the vintage lenses on this. Maybe some people don't like it. Maybe you love it. That's probably just personality, really, on that one. And it's used pretty intentionally, so maybe that's a positive for some. But yeah, my score is generous compared to Ken's, but I have to give it a 4 out of 10. Oh, wow. Yep. Which I, you is... You have a bigger heart than I do. It's tough to do. I don't ever want to watch it. Well, I take that back. I've watched a few Netflix movies with the intention of laughing through them. Mm-hmm. But this was not one that I wanted to do that. The final thing I will say about this film is that when I finished watching it, I was happy to be done with it. <laughs> So you will most likely experience that euphoria when you finish this film, if you do watch it. That it you there is respite from this film. It does end. <laughs> it might take you two and a half hours to get there, but in your case, two and a half days. It, yes, it may take you two and a half days, but there is an end in sight. Uh, it's a tough slog, but you'll get through it. Also, where's Gita? Where is she? <laughs> she just yeah. disappears. You can watch mm-hmm. the movie and find out what we're talking about. But the whole thing at the end was culminating to her and where is she? Yeah. This this film was rough. And with that being said, we are <laughs> done talking about this film. If you also had a tough time getting through this film, if you didn't even watch the film, but you made it to the end of the episode, send us an email at cinevibescast at gmail.com. And let us know how much you dislike this film as much as I did. I don't think you can, but... Could give it a one. You, If you give this a one, please send me your roast. We would love I to hear send it. you a sticker or something. We won't because we don't have any money, but we would love to do that. Yeah, top-notch content. We'll send you, at some point in the future, a top-notch content sticker. Yes, to be ironic, of course. <laughs> do that for us. And then also follow us at the Cinevibes on Instagram and let us know your thoughts on the film as well. We'll most likely be posting well in in advance of this film to warn anybody about this episode's coming. Hopefully if you made it to the end of this episode, I mean, you're, you're a trooper. So thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. And in some weird kind of way, we hope that this was entertaining at the least, if not persuasive to, Spend your time doing something more productive than watching this. Yeah. Let us know also what you think of the new format for the movie reviews. We've kind of slimmed things down, if you will. Made our points more concise. Getting right into the getting right into the weeds, if you will. Mm -hmm. Let us know your thoughts on that. And we gotta do it. Gotta pay the bills. Yeah. Give us a follow. Share with a friend. You know the platforms. Mm-hmm. 
all the platforms, honestly. Everywhere that we know that people would listen. Yeah. Except the radio. But who even listens to that anymore? Right, yeah. Mine doesn't even work in my car, so (laughs) I can't even. There you go. (laughs) So if your radio doesn't work either, we got the perfect opportunity for you to go like it on every single platform there is available. Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Rip iTunes. Rest in peace. I'm not an Apple person, so. (laughs) But yes, also, we're on Stitcher. So go listen to us on Stitcher as well. Follow us. Like Trey said, for the love of God, please follow us. We love you and really would love to see your beautiful ears here again. (laughs) (laughs) See your beautiful ears. That's her new tagline. (laughs) We want to see your beautiful... That is our state uh, plate tag uh, line. (laughs) Where the beautiful ears shine. But with that being said, thank you so much again for listening. You're beautiful. You're fantastic. Stay away from Army of the Dead. And we are out. Oh.